Hey, everybody, this is Sonny. If you're hearing this, it's because you're not a paying member to Bulwark Plus, and I wish you would be, because A, that's that's how I stay in my palatial estate in Dallas, Texas, but mostly uh, because you're you're missing out uh, on on just one of the best deals in newsletters, uh, tons of newsletters, tons of podcasts. You get uh, the bonus episodes of Across the Movie Aisle, which you're listening to now. You'll get the first five minutes of this uh, if you don't sign up, but you should sign up because because it's worth it. Also, uh, the ad-free episodes of The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood and Charlie's Show and everything else. Um, so make sure you sign up at uh, atma.thebulwark.com that way. You know, I get I get credit for it, uh, but uh, and enjoy this episode, or, or at least the first little bit of it you get you get to listen to here. Okay. Welcome back to Across the Movie Aisle, presented by Bulwark Plus. I'm your host, Sonny Bunch, culture editor of the Bulwark. I'm joined, as always, by Alyssa Rosenberg of the Washington Post and Peter Suderman of Reason Magazine. Alyssa, Peter, how are you today? I'm swell. I am happy to be talking about, uh, maybe I'm not that happy to be talking about, like, Disney remakes, that most of which are not very good. But I'm, I'm happy They're to be talking about them with Peter. friends. Peter, why are they so bad? That's your question? Why are they so bad? Yes. Why are they bad? Because they're too respectful. And so there's two there's two big reasons why they're bad. One is that they are just too respectful of their original material. None of them. Uh, I said this about The Little Mermaid uh, earlier this week, but none of them make a case for their own existence independently. They don't have the thing that a remake needs to have, which is a different way of presenting the original material. And that, except for the fact that they are that they are visually different. Right. And so they they take advantage of the fact that modern effects technology can render a lot of stuff that, say, in the 1960s or, or 80s or 1990s couldn't be made to look photoreal or close to photoreal. So, you know, you see you had stories in which they were told through like kind of traditional hand-drawn animation. But that then is a weird thing because what you have are these uncanny valley-ish presentations of cartoons. And this is why my pick for the absolute worst of these is The Lion King. Because The Lion King is in some ways better than as just as a as a movie. And this is the, the Lion King remake. But it is in some ways, I think, a little bit better of a movie than some of the other remakes. But there's no reason for it. Because it's just another animated movie that takes you through the same beats, except instead of drawing it in a this sort of beautiful kind of, you know, early 1990s Disney painterly style, it's been rendered in... In some ways, exquisite and lavish, but in other ways, kind of like weirdly artless CGI, right? So obviously a lot of talent and a lot of processing power and a lot of money went into making the Lion King remake look the way it does. But it doesn't look beautiful. It doesn't have a, like a, enough style or enough visual panache on its own. It's just like, well, you know what? These animals, they look like animals now, but they talk and... Just it's not even a live action remake. It's not a live action remake. It's just another cartoon. And in fact, all of these are kind of just more cartoons. And frankly, even The Little Mermaid, which, yes, has a bunch of human actors. Every one of the underwater sequences, like Javier Bardem's face, even. Yes, he's there's some acting there, but has clearly been digitally retouched and shifted in a bunch of ways. All of his hair is at least somewhat digital. Uh, all of his movements, because he's a fish, right? Like, they're still just cartoons. It's really bizarre, and they're stilted and flat, and I don't enjoy any of them. The Lion King question is an interesting one, because this is the first time 
that the, you know, this isn't live action. This is just a different form of animation argument, like, made full sense. I mean, with some of these, like, you know, Maleficent, right, or the Cinderella remake that Kenneth Branagh did, at least there was, like, real, there, there was some real stuff there, real real people, real sets, etc. But, like, the Lion King animation is, I, the Uncanny Valley is the wrong word, but it's not far off from that concept where you just see these animals, you're like, these animals aren't, real and they horrify me and they disgust me. And that's how I felt about the little mermaid a lot of the time is when I see uh when I see the flounder reimagining talking to me like head on, just looking at me and talking to me in the camera, I'm like nightmare big mouth billy bass. That's what this it's nightmare big mouth billy bass. It's like the it's the thing that was on the wall of your local barber shop that some 60-year-old had put up there because he thought it was funny turning Didn't around and Tony talking Soprano? to you. Didn't Tony Soprano had a whole night series of nightmares about talking fish? Exactly. No, that's where I, I got sucked into a Sopranos nightmare while watching this movie. That's my experience of watching The Little Mermaid. Uh, Alyssa, what, what, do you, what do you hate about these? Um, I am actually going to go in a slightly different direction than Peter and say that even the ones that are not dutiful are so poorly conceived that it makes you question whether anyone at Disney knows anything about story or character or if it's just been an AI in the works all along. And the example of this is Cruella, an origin story for a character who wants to murder a bunch of dogs to make a coat, right? And it's like, there was a great article in The New Yorker a couple years ago about the so-called trauma plot in fiction where that literature has sort of acquired this assumption that every action, every personality trait needs to have an explanation and that it, you know, the explanation is always that something bad happened to this person in the past. And so we have an entire movie about this character who's like, oh, she's actually a really talented fashion designer who's sort of exploited by the establishment. And the establishment like had a pair of mean Dalmatians that Cruella somehow won over, but then like, you know, let's say 20 years later, like what she really wants is to murder a bunch of puppies to make a coat. No, I mean, Cruella DeVille is a fairy tale character in a context of a sort of, you know, witty early 60s jazzy, you know, movie about a young married couple, right? Like she's, you know, she's like weird fashion King Arthur or, you know, she's she's not a person. She is a mythical creature. And trying to give her psychology and depth and also say something about sort of Vivian Westwood's style, you know, fashion innovation in mid-century London, um, just no, it's pointless. Like she is, you know, she's a fairy tale witch. She's a creature in the woods. And you don't need to psychologize people who want to murder dogs. You just don't. What is what's your take on Maleficent, the Angelina Jolie reimagining of the evil witch from Sleeping Beauty? I mean, I guess somewhat more sensical because it's at least like working in a fairy tale conceit. I don't know. I I mean it's been so long since I've seen it, and if I'm being perfectly honest, Cruella just struck me as like so utterly pointless that I, I've gotten angrier and angrier about it the longer <laughs> that I've thought about it. No, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, the reason I bring up Maleficent is because it, it is interesting. So, like, the most recent 
run of these these live action animated ones, except for Cruella, which I put in a slightly different category. But like we're talking like Little Mermaid, Lion King, Aladdin, the Dumbo, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Thank you. That's the big one I was missing. Beauty and the Beast. Like the thing the thing that rankles about all of those is that they are just telling the same story again and they're adding things and the things they add are usually uh, uh, extraneous and annoying and bad. The one thing I do kind of like about Maleficent and to a lesser extent, the the Kenneth Branagh and Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland, which I will complain more about in a second, is that at least they were doing something slightly different with the source material. They're moving it around in a way that I like. But as you mentioned with Cruella, they do that there and it's terrible. It's just it's just awful. And I can't tell if it's the movie itself that is awful or if it's just the character they're trying to reimagine is awful or what. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's that the character they're trying to imagine reimagine is terrible. And look, with Maleficent, there is sort of a noble literary tradition of kind of complicating these archetypes. And there have actually been some very successful, you know, attempts in contemporary literature to sort of fill in the pages that are sort of missing from classical stories and fairy tales that concern women's lives. And, you know, Maleficent is at least working sort of in that fairy tale tradition and in a tradition of sort of more frightening fairy tales. It's returning the sort of scariness back to the Disney stories in a way that sort of the original Disney cartoons often to a certain extent leached away. But yeah, Cruella is just... It's a pointless attempt of psychologizing that doesn't even make sense psychologically. Yeah. I mentioned Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, and I want to rant about this movie for a minute because I think it it is one of the – I wrote about this in my review. So if you've already read my review of The Little Mermaid, you can probably tune out now, whatever. Sorry to waste your time. But the uh, – I have a very firm belief that Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland is one of the single most cinematically destructive movies of our age. It is a, a movie that if I were to pinpoint – you know, the modern, the most recent iteration of the death of cinema, I would look at I would look at this movie and it's for two reasons. Here's the first reason. The first reason is that people forget this, but uh, this movie made a billion dollars. Movie made a billion dollars at the box office. Huge hit, huge, enormous hit for Disney. It's like a and government it this, program. Uh, it did this. It did this for a couple reasons. One of the reasons was that this was the first movie. Again, people forget this, but this is the first movie that came out after Avatar, the first big budget movie that came out after Avatar that had a big 3D component to it. But it did not have good 3D like Avatar had. It had bad 3D like almost every other 3D movie ever made has had. It had 3D that they made in post. And now the way that works is you shoot a movie, then you run it through a computer, and you use the computer to separate levels out and create a fake 3D effect, a fake stereoscopic effect. Some of the movie was shot in 3D. I think 20% of it, something like that, was shot in 3D, in like native 3D, and they did the rest of it in post. And that is a terrible way to make 3D. It looks like garbage. It doesn't It doesn't work very well. People reject it. They don't. They don't care for it. And... What studios saw when this movie made a billion dollars was, oh, we can do 3D and we can do it cheap and people will will buy it up. And that led to a solid five or six years of terrible, terrible 3D conversions. It basically killed that whole format of filmmaking as an interesting experiment outside of a very small handful of filmmakers who continued to work with it, James Cameron, Ang Lee, some others. But like that, that was... That was bad. That was bad for the industry as a whole. It was bad for consumers. It was bad for the art of film. It was bad for 3D as an idea and a concept that could be worked artistically. It, all of that was bad. 
that's the first reason I resent Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. The second is that it really did kick off this whole stretch of Disney animated remakes. Now, you, you could make the argument that this was not technically a remake, that it was more of a sequel. It's working with the same story material, doing it differently. I Fine, I, I will grant all that. But you know what it was? It was Disney saying, hey, here's a live action version of this movie that we made that you loved as a kid. It's the same basic thing. I can draw a straight line from this to the Kenneth Branagh Cinderella, which again is a little bit different. There, he's, he had some ideas there he wanted to play with or the Angelina Jolie Maleficent movie right through the Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid run that we've been living through. And Disney wasn't wrong. Disney wasn't wrong to look at the billion dollars, again, $1 billion that that movie made and say, oh, we need to make more of these. We need to, we need to mine our IP for things that we can produce and sell around the world and we'll, we'll, make, we'll make a lot of money off them. And they were right. They were right. Uh, they've made something like $9 billion off of all of these movies. It's an endless river of cash. It's an endless river of cash. But the thing that most concerns me about all this is that, look, all right, so Disney has been in the business of creating memories and ideas and nostalgia for generations. You, you, you think back to the things you watched as a kid and you're like, I want to watch that again. And then... They remake these and they say, all right, we're going to you can pay and you can come watch them again. They're going to be live action. They're going to be great. But I don't understand what they're going to mine for nostalgia for the kids going forward. Do you, do you see what I'm saying here? I feel like there's a there's an Ouroboros effect here. It's really Disney is eating its own tail by recycling all of these old things. And look, you could say, oh, well, Disney was just recycling the old fairy tales, right? This is just, this is a long and storied tradition. They are just, you know, taking the old myths and making them. And I guess that's kind of true, except they're doing it with their own stuff in a way that just keeps them trapped in that they need new, they need new nostalgia to mine is what I'm saying here. And I, I am desperately worried looking at the Wikipedia list of forthcoming live action remakes of Disney materials that they have completely forgotten how to do it. They just don't, they don't know how to do it. Everything they make that is new is bombing and bombing hard, light year, strange world, um, you know, turning red. I didn't like, Alyssa like, a lot of people like that, but they didn't put it in theaters. It's just, it's a TV show. It's a TV movie. Encanto, Encanto works. Encanto's the one that I think will, but they're going to make a live action Encanto. And then wh where we go from there? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong to freak out like this, but I am a little bit freaked out. I want I want new things, not old, monstrous, uncanny valley new things. I don't think that's too much to ask. No, it's not. And it's, you know, it's not good. I'm really looking forward to your eventual review of the live action remake of Lightyear directed by somebody who's like making TikTok videos right now. I want to die just thinking about that. <laughs> I want to be I want to be in the ground. It's going to premiere like in in TikTok clips first, but you'd be able to watch it Three, via infinite scroll. You just seconds. like watch down, like just keep scrolling through the thing and it'll just keep bringing up the next bit. Did you see the story about how the kids today are watching 12 Angry Men one minute at a time on a on a TikTok stream? People are in, ugh, we have to save them from themselves. What are we going to do? I don't know. Put them Ban TikTok. Ban know, TikTok. We're going to make them stay under the sea where they can learn how to behave right. King Triton was right. Team Team King Triton. All right. That is it for this week's episode. Uh, if, you're, if you're angry at me for yelling about this movie, you know, complain to me on Twitter at Sunny Bunch. I'll convince you that it is, in fact, the worst show 
in your feed. No, wait, I did that backwards. I'm sorry. All right, I'll see you guys next week. 